Hi, everybody. Kurt Schlicker here for Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast, uh, where I talk about the issues you care about. And if you care about Israel, you're going to like this. If you care about anti-Semitism uh, and stamping that shit out, you're going to you're going to like this. And if you like me making fun of Nikki Haley, you're going to love this. Let's start with Nikki Haley. Let's start at light because she is a freaking lightweight. Uh, she's remarkable. You know, I, I look at her and, and, you know, they they really the donors really want somebody in this race who's not Trump, but they don't want DeSantis and they don't want DeSantis because DeSantis would actually do stuff. See, it's not that they don't want Trump necessarily because Trump's got mean tweets. So that's a part they want. They don't want Trump because Trump is one of those Republicans. DeSantis is the other. Who actually wants to do things that Republicans want to do? Nikki Haley wants to do whatever the guys writing her checks want to do. She is the 2004 pseudo-conservative. She is Mitt Romney without 400 sons named Tug, Tip, Tap, Tub, Muff, Skippy, Scoober, Goober, Doober, Boober, and Miguel. He, she is... Gosh, she is annoying. She's just so aggravated, right? And we're going to have to look at her this week uh, on Tuesday. They're having the uh, the debate. And, gosh, she's going to schoolmarm that shit all up. She's just and she's just so tiresome and annoying. And she's like, girl power. No, shut up. You have no power. You're nothing. You're a mediocre governor who was an adequate U.N. ambassador. That's it. That's it. That's what she's selling. And this was like six years ago. What's she been doing since? Oh, yeah, she's been on the Boeing board. She's been going around every corporation, you know, with her little tin cup out, you know, dancing for quarters, making it rain. She's the worst. Nikki Hale. You know, it, 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 it. if you like Ukraine forever, you're going to love you, Nikki Haley. If you hate the idea of somebody who's actually going to do about the for- something about the border, because remember, establishment Republicans are old established. They don't want to do anything about the border. They ought to be doing what Tommy Tuberville's doing. Tommy Tuberville, and you should read my town hall column because it's freaking brilliant. Tommy Tuberville said, you're not doing abortion uh, tourism, Pentagon. It's against the law. Stop doing it, or I will refuse to give unanimous consent to your military promotions, making you do the one at a time, which slows up the works, gums it all up. Right? Okay. This is kind of a nuclear weapon. This is not something you do a lot. But unanimous consent, making everything work, go along, get along, works in a normal situation. That's how it should work in a normal situation. I don't think when the uh, administration is failing to enforce any of our immigration laws at all, bringing in a bunch of people who are going to freaking kill some of us. And I'm writing a new novel about that right now. Look for that around Christmas, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm writing it fast. Basically writes itself. I just look at the headlines and go, yep. Uh, when, when it is all, all hands on deck thing like this, a total refusal of the administration to follow any kind of thing like the law. Well, yeah. I think this is a good time to do a Tuberville to say, no, no more unanimous consent. We will bring the Senate to a, a, a to its knees, to a, a, a to a stop. We're not doing nothing. But, you know, that's not what Mitch McConnell wants. 
Mitch McConnell has a little bit of leverage. And what leverage is he using? Is he trying to force, uh, you know, the Democrats uh, not to uh, spend a ton of money on woke stuff or to stop the border invasion or any of that? No, he's getting mad at Tuberville for him trying to stop abortion. He's getting mad at Mike Johnson for doing a separate Israel bill and not putting on Ukraine stuff. Because yeah, newsflash, Mitch McConnell, the most important issue out there today is not giving money to fucking Ukraine. Okay? Ukraine is not winning its war. Don't believe the hype. And it is massively corrupt. And this whole thing is going to turn to shit. But what would you expect? What would you expect? Because it is the Democrats in charge. And it's going to turn to shit. And Mitch McConnell, I don't know what the... Uh, look, we know he had a stroke. Okay? That's, that's the rumor. All right? Everybody says, well, he fell. No, guys, he had a stroke. That's the rumor I hear from the people in the know. He had a stroke, and he said, you look at him, he's a mess. And now we'll find out on the 7th, whether uh, because there's an election that day, uh, we will find out whether um, uh, there's going to be a Republican governor in uh, Kentucky. And I hope there is. The guy who's running is, uh, he's a, you know, he's a very conservative uh, guy, David Cameron, and I hope he wins. Now, David Cameron may win in Kentucky. If David Cameron wins in Kentucky, that makes appointing a replacement for Mitch McConnell much easier. But, of course, Mitch McConnell, like all these other old MFers, looking at you, Diane Feinstein, well, actually, I'm not looking at her because she's she's dead, uh, and uh, Joe Biden, uh, they hold on to last minute. Nancy Pelosi's running again. She's like four million years old. She's running again. I just, you know, what the foo? What the foo? Anyway, look, their they, their concerns are not our concerns. Their concerns are purely institutional. And I got to tell you, my my institutional concerns exist only when you are in normal times and the institution is functioning adequately. When the institution is not functioning adequately, I'm looking at you, United States Senate, look at you, United States government, then you've got to stop acting like it is. All right. Norms, rules, all that stuff is for normal times. OK. And they're also useful for preventing abnormal times. But when you stop with some norms, like, oh, I don't know, the norm of the president enforcing laws he doesn't particularly like, like those on the border, you can't expect other people to maintain other norms in perpetuity. All right? Tommy Tuberville is not breaking the norm of senatorial con uh, congeniality. The Pentagon broke the norm of not obeying the fucking law. This is a response. Break a norm, have another norm broken. This should, in time, with support, lead to fewer norms being broken. But instead, we have a bunch of Republican Congress people, senators, normally, out yeah, Dan Sullivan is, and uh, Joni Ernst, who are normally sensible, going in and, and, and screaming at, because uh, uh, they're veterans, going and screaming at Tommy Tuberville, you're hurting America's readiness! Dude, getting rid of all the generals is the best thing that could happen to American readiness. I I can think of very few things that would be less helpful to the United States military than cleaning effing house. Get rid of them. Hit the bricks, you pieces of shite. All right, that's 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 where it is. That's the truth. That's the fact. That is the hard and tough, uh, real story. Okay. Let's look at Israel. Israel, very interesting uh, what's happening there. Let's talk a little about the military. Go find a map of Gaza. 
Gaza is a long, kind of rectangular-shaped uh, urban area. It's not all urban, though. There are lots of open areas, which is kind of interesting. Kind of on the border, a lot of it is open. Uh, it's more urban inside. Uh, it borders on the Mediterranean, so you have uh, one side is water. And uh, it, it's very cramped, lots of wreckage. Yay! Keep bobbing. No ceasefire. Oh, well, ceasefire when all the Alamos guys are dead. Then we could have a ceasefire. It'd be great then. Uh, until then, if you want a, a ceasefire, you just want to help Hamas. What Israel is doing is attacking. It is uh, not trying to eat the entire thing with one gulp. It is chopping it up into bits. So it sent a force east-west, east-to-west, through Gaza on a narrow front towards the Med and cut Gaza in half. Okay? It also sent another force in along the coast, down, which will eventually meet up. And it sent a third force in kind of uh, at the uh, uh, top inland corner, north inland corner. Here's Hamas's problem. Hamas has to defend. Now, defenders usually have uh, it's usually a three-to-one advantage for defenders. Okay? You got, you got at least three guys for every one defender. That's just our basic back of the envelope calculating when you're trying to figure out numbers for an attack. If I if there's one company dug in, I probably need a battalion to go dig it out. All right. But Hamas has some problems. First, Hamas has to defend everywhere. It has to defend it, not Egypt, which is the south border. Doesn't really have to defend that much on the coast because they're not really expecting amphibious, but it has to have some. And it has to defend to the north, and it has to defend to the east, right? And everybody's oriented out. They've got their sectors of fire. They have to defend everywhere. And as soon as they soften it up, they invite the Israelis to punch through. What the Israelis don't want to do is hit everything at once, because then every Hamas gun gets engaged. What you do is you hit on a narrow front with a lot of force. Only a few Hamas guys, this is, I'm talking the axis uh, from east to west to the ocean. Only a few, relative few of the Hamas guys can actually fight that. They're, they're the only ones who are oriented to do it. There are a bunch of Hamas guys, right, up on the north. And if you're coming down the coast, he, he, only, a, only a relative few get to engage. Okay? The rest are kind of stuck defending. You're, you're stuck defending because if you move, you, you create a whole Israelis rush in. If you move, also you get seen. And if you get seen, you get killed, which is great. I mean, I, I want them to be killed in vast heaps, but it, 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 it's tough. Now, they can do some reorienting and moving underground, but that's, you know, in their tunnels, but that's in individuals. It's not, you know, it's harder to carry a lot of equipment and stuff. So if you've got rocket launchers and stuff, it's much slower moving them underground than it is above ground. So it's hard to reorient. So the Israelis are attacking using their strength against a relatively small frontage of the bad guys. Uh, going down the coast is brilliant because, you know, when you go across, when you have the east-west access, the, the Israelis have to defend north and south. They have to defend both sides of their thing. When you're going down the coast, southwest, well, then they only have to defend to the, the, the southeast, right? To the east and southeast. Instead, they, they, the ocean side, they're not going to get attacked from. So you increase, essentially increase your combat power 
So they are trying to minimize the ability of Hamas to focus combat power on them. They are uh, trying to uh, lock Hamas into its positions. And what they're doing is coming up behind because most of the positions are oriented outward. They're going to be oriented to the east. Uh, there are some internal positions and things, but that's most of the stuff is to keep the Israelis out. Great. They will attack those formations from the rear because they're going around. They're essentially enveloping the enemy, which is great. Uh, it's going to take a long time, though. This is uh, this is tough work uh, because uh, these assholes, uh, you know, they are dug in. They are using wreckage. They're using tunnels to move, like I said, although the tunnels are getting the shit blown out. Oh, fuck it. Hey, did you see that dog? The Belgian Malinois, they dropped it in a, a, a tunnel and he went in there and he's just chomping on this fucking Hamas guy. And, you know, Hamas guys hate dogs, so it's even better. And that dog is just having a field day on Ahmed's uh, sorry ass. And he is screaming like a little bitch as this uh, furry alligator just chops the shit, just chomps on. It's great. But I'm sitting there going, oh, man, I hope the dog's okay. I personally would use flame weapons. I would use, you know, napalm and fucking flamethrowers and shit, you know, because I don't want the dog to get hurt. I'm concerned about the puppy. I don't want the dog getting hurt. I mean, I, I, I do like the idea that they're biting these assholes. I love that. It's great. Uh, but, you know, I don't want I don't want the doggy getting hurt. So I'm very, very concerned about that. Uh, Hamas guys, I just, I, 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 I want them to die and preferably in a lot of people because they fucking suck. There was one, uh, that, uh, rave, this poor woman's time out how she was raped by like 25 of these fucking animals. And it's like, all of you, you all need to die. Whether it's a dog, a flamethrower, a J dam, 2000 pound bomb, don't care, you know. Off to fucking, uh, off to hell with you. Because you're a fucking semi-human. And fuck you. Um, of course, the Democrats have a real problem here. We need to talk about it. Democrats have a terrible problem. They're co- now, now, Republicans have a lot of problems, too. Remember, we're having a coalition change here. Democrats are having a coalition change here, too. You have the kind of traditional liberal Democrats, uh, which includes many of their Jewish donors. Progressive Jews provide a lot of uh, Democrat support, a lot of money, uh, a lot of talent. And they were kind of the liberal, they're kind of the old school ones. The new school, the wokesters, well, as Varad Meta points out on uh, Twitter, you shall follow him. You can't have intersectionality without anti-Semitism. Okay? They fucking hate Jewish people. These woke assholes. And now you got kind of a problem. You have a Democrat party that is trying to walk the line between its normal kind of liberal Democrats. And I'm, I'm kind of in one of those districts. I've got Ted Lieu here. And Ted Lieu's, uh, you know, I freaking despise him. He's garbage. But he's been pretty good on Israel because I, I think in large part because he understands there's a lot of uh, uh, wealthy Jewish folks who support him in this district. And if he's anti-Israel, they're going to find some other motherfucker. Which they should. I don't think anybody should vote for a guy who wants to help the people who want to murder them all. Just, just me, just throwing it out there. Um, but 
there's a lot of tension because this Rashida Tlaib shit, she literally wants all the Jews in Israel murdered. And you can't even get her censured by the Democrats. They are trying desperately to hold it together. So you have you have a, a, a crusty Joe Biden being told because he's not doing anything himself. He's a he's a meat, well, a dusty puppet. He. Yeah, he's going, well, I want to pause. Well, how's that different from a ceasefire? Because, of course, you know what a ceasefire is. It means Israel starts stops taking righteous retribution against these Hamas semi-human animals, allowing them to reconstitute, regroup, rearm, and prepare for more fight. Uh, if you recall, you know, you know what October sixth was? It was it was part of it was during a ceasefire, which they broke. So um, no ceasefires, right? If you if you want Israel to win, and I I do, and a lot of liberal Democrats do. You don't want a ceasefire. Progressives know that a ceasefire means victory for Hamas. That's why they want a ceasefire. And um, so you have, uh, and we are joined by Irina again. Hi, did you mail off some signed books? All right, people will be happy to get their signed copies of Overlord. I wonder what didn't have an ant or have a sign number column. Oh, they didn't give an address, huh? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, that's that's weird. But uh, go get the books. Oh, the new book, Attack. Yeah, very good. It is very good. Really. Okay, that's coming out soon. I hope if I do it myself, if I do a regular publisher, it'll probably be on, what, three years? Anyway, so you got Joe Biden trying, going, well, we don't need a ceasefire. We need a pause. How's a pause different from a ceasefire? It's politically less damaging to me. They are desperately trying to keep their shitty coalition of communists, perverts, weirdos, losers, mutations uh, held together. And, uh, you know, it's hard. Now, we Republicans thought we had a problem. We have, you know, moderate Republicans uh, and very conservative Republicans, you know, establishment, not establishment. And we've had a lot of fight. We talked about it here with the McConnell and stuff. The Democrats' problem is... Half of the Democrat Party thinks the other half is part of the group that ought to be mass murder, which provides, you know, a challenge. Wouldn't you say that could be a challenge? Yeah. Yeah, it's problematic. I think it's uh, it will take a very depth, uh, depth, wise, smart, uh, talented leader to kind of balance these interests. And instead, they've got Joe Biden. So... I think, and I, I don't know, there's, look, I'm a political science graduate from the University of California, San Diego, uh, which, by the way, put out a very good statement. I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. But they put out a very good statement uh, because there's a lot of communists. Um, but I, I uh, you know, I was taught uh, in, in, in my political science stuff. What the hell was I saying? I don't even remember what I said. I just went on a tangent. And now I'm completely gone. I, I have no idea. I'm completely blank. That's bad. That's not good at all. Oh, well. The, the, the problem for the Democrats is maintaining their coalition. Uh, our coalition is changing. Their coalition is changing. And we're, we're going to have a great, uh, a, a great reset. And the old Democrat Party, old Republican Party, the coalitions are becoming mutually exclusive. And, it, and the thing is, it, Here's why I was getting to because well, when you have a, a governmental system like we have, it it means you essentially 
and there's always an exception. Uh, it's very, very rare. You essentially have to have a two-party system. You have to have coalitions that both approach as close to 50% plus one as you can get. And right now, I'm not sure uh, either party, but especially the Democrats, can maintain their coalitions. That they will they will fracture and restructure. And I don't think it's helping that, you know, both parties are looking very likely to be offering up in uh, next November, uh, essentially, guys from like six, eight, ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Trump and uh, uh, Trump and Krusty. And it is a uh, uh, they, they are not recognizing that stuff is different. And it's going to be, well, it's going to be interesting if you're a political science major. That being said, I fucking hate political science majors. They're all, except me. I'm amazing. You should read my columns every day, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. You should follow me on Twitter. You can subscribe to me on Twitter or at Locals, and then you get links to all the uh, Kurt stuff and some special things every once in a while. And uh, also get my book, Overlord, the aforementioned Overlord. Uh, look for the attack. It's coming soon. It's really good. I'm interacting with a lot of uh, interesting people about it. So check it out, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you next time on Unredacted. <laughs>